Previously, on the Left Behind Game Club's Walking Dead Saga. You're starting by looking for more supplies. Yeah. I think immediately after you get out of the pharmacy, you end up back at the motel where the morale in your group has like started to come apart. There's someone in the group that's taking supplies. That someone has placed a bag of medical supplies. It's because they're being given to bandits. And very quickly, the bandits come inside and are basically like, who isn't giving us our cut? Because we're going to kill people if we don't get what, what we were promised. So you get in the car, or you get yeah. in the RV rather, you start driving, you stop, and that's when you have a confrontation between the group and when your entire group basically explodes. Chuck, I think, is the, the new character that gets introduced. Uh, he's a gentleman living in a, the train or living in a train car that you discovered. So you, you come in the woods, you realize that, oh my god, Katja has killed herself, and put Duck essentially in a tree, and you have to decide, is Kenny going to be the one that's going to kill his son? Lee, are you going to be the one to kill Duck to, to essentially make Kenny feel okay or, or to do it for Kenny? Or there's a third option where you can actually just leave Duck in the woods. Welcome to episode 111 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play The Walking Dead Season 1, Episode 4. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is up behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him, his name is Momertati. Here we go, let's try and survive another zombie horde. And here to survive the zombie apocalypse with us is writer from DualShockers.com and Twitch streamer at Cam Final Mix. It is Cam Hawkins. Cam, welcome back. Woo! Uh, thank you. Uh, it is your fourth time on the show, but if folks are just picking this up, shame on you. Listen to the first one. Uh, but could you remind the folks what you do, where you write, where you stream? Yeah, yeah. I'm a writer at DualShockers.com. Uh, um, I uh, stream on Twitch uh, Tuesdays through Fridays from 1 to 5 uh, p.m. Pacific time. And uh, for the next uh, few months, I'm going to be a permanent guest host on IGN Unlocked, which is IGN's Xbox podcast. So Woo! Cool. that's really exciting. And you just got the big win. Casey's going to the Super Bowl, so you're a happy guy. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. We are covering uh, The Walking Dead Season 1, Episode 4 today, Around Every Corner, uh, developed by Telltale Games, published by Telltale Games, originally released on tons of platforms uh, starting on October 9th of 2012. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we've started to talk about the first three episodes. This is the fourth. Uh, we are getting to the end. Uh, where do we leave off and where does this episode kind of start uh, when we get back into it? Um, I th- what we're doing is we're essentially we figured out how to use a giant train and we're bringing a crew over to Savannah, the town we've been waiting to find in order to look for potentially a boat or just a way to settle. I think that's kind of the game plan. Um, and you have your select crew with you along with the new members, Omid and I can't remember. Krista. Uh, Krista, yeah. Omid's injured. Krista's brought him along as well. And you're kind of just looking to survive in this new town that you know nothing about besides it might have help. 
And the game just quickly starts with what they call a, like a panic event where you are outside, there's zombies everywhere, and you're trying to find shelter. Um, after like some really close calls and some really bad first person shooting, uh, you end up finding a house where things kind of settle down behind a gate. Yeah. Can't be under understated. The, the shooting sometimes is a little frustrating, uh, in a lot of these parts. I think, uh, I think that's a little, uh, you're being very kind. Uh, I don't know about you, but later in the episode, I, I pulled something terrible because the shooting is bad by shooting one of my compatriots, but we, we oh. will get to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um the uh you get to this house and you're trying to find a way in and your first puzzle is unburying a dead dog to get inside of a doggy door i don't know how y'all felt but i uh i definitely was reminded of home alone when macaulay culkin has a shotgun and one of the wet bandits comes in and tries (laughs) to put his face up that's definitely what i thought of (laughs) i I had a weird situation because like i'm playing this game on the switch so i'm like kind of walking around the apartment I'm sitting on the balcony playing it there, and there's some moments when something's going on, and I'm not looking directly at the screen. So as they're digging this thing up, for some reason, I might have just was looking away, and the second I look down, I just see dead dog. I'm like, okay, we, we're, this this game has no boundaries now. We're just they're just putting everything to kind of get you to be off guard. So that definitely spooked me and surprised me. I guess is the better word. Yeah. I think the worst part for me was how the dog. Like you have to take the the collar off the dog, and very clearly the neck of the dog. Like you pull on, it's disgusting. You pull on the neck of the 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 dead dog to get the collar off, and it just like, like you said, Mo, not a pleasant thing to to see. Yeah, no, definitely uh, not. So you get in the house because Clementine just like decides to take the collar inside the house and just go without asking you first, and that's when you start to take stock of what is in this house which is next to nothing. I don't know how y'all felt, but a lot of what happens in the game is like backloaded here. Like a lot of the big stuff is backloaded. I don't want to deviate too much, but I just want to touch on the dog collar specifically. And this technology, it probably already exists, but this whole keyless (laughs) entry for a dog to just walk up to the door and it unlocks for him as he can enter. We need this in our lives. Imagine not fumbling for your keys when you get home. It's just always in your back pocket, just like your wallet. You walk up to your door detects it opens it we it's not as mass supplied to everyone and someone right now listening probably has this technology and they're like mo you just have to go to www.yourdooristalwaysopen.com but i want that in my life tell me mo how much better would it be if your dog could just go out by itself you live in an oh, apartment it must be bad. to be honest coda would figure it out pretty easily he, he knows the route like when we open the door he knows like where to go turn the corners he might just need a little boost to touch the elevator button but besides that i think it's a go i'll give him my key <laughs> um you're exploring the house and in addition to the dog door uh the second devastating thing is you look up on the wall and there's a family portrait right the family portrait has a mom, has a dad, has a kid, and has a dog. And so Kenny is nowhere to be found. And so your party says, hey, he's he's somewhere, go find him. You very quickly find out he's upstairs in the attic, heartbroken at what he's found. Yeah, and I also yeah. wanna I also wanna mention that they also you can also find out the dog's name, which made it hurt even more. No. Yeah, the dog's Break name. Break my heart. What's the dog's name? Walter is the dog's mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. And I was just no. like, oh, yeah, I love a, dogs and people Walter? names. There's a there's a drawing on the fridge or something like that, and it's of Walter that the kid wrote or that the kid drew, and it's just like, oh, poor Walter. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, you know, the uh, the kid of the family is, uh, it, you know, is a very weak turned uh, walker in the attic, and you know, immediately, I think, I think the reason like the scene is so powerful is just like immediately you're just like, oh, that looks a lot like duck, and then Kenny's first thing is just like, looks a lot like duck, doesn't it? And it's just like. <laughs> That sucks, man. I can't even... It's not, it's not funny. It's just like, dude, like, this guy has just been receiving L after L this entire game, and it's just... It, it, it was rough, for sure. Yeah, and, like, though that's the worst part. Like, some, one of the things we didn't touch on is just the morale right now is a little low, especially with uh, with Kenny. Uh, he still doesn't want to talk about it. He's, he's like that the stereotypical, just hard outer shell that thinks he can figure it out on his own, but clearly you know something's wrong. He needs, like, some kind of, like, help. Um, and it's just the last thing he needed to see was another dying child zombie. And of course, it looks exactly like his son, just like Cam said. Like, we need this guy, he can't take any more L's right now. And I don't know about you guys, but um, the first decision comes here, and it's related to what you do with the zombie boy. Your three options are kill the zombie boy, make Kenny kill the zombie boy, or leave the zombie boy alone. And despite playing a hard ass through this entire game, I felt that, okay, this is the time, like, he's gone through a lot. I'm going to take care of this for him. What did you guys do? So I, I actually wanted to leave, but for some reason, I like the game wouldn't let me. But so I just had I had Kenny do it, and, and it's interesting because it said like the you know like kind of like the notice when when you uh, make a decision. It made it seem like I was helping Kenny, like I was helping Kenny like overcome just like the loss of of Duck because it says like you chose to help Kenny, like by him killing the the kid and i'm like mm. oh that's interesting like I, like i can see where they're coming from with that but i can also see like someone being like no this is terrible but also just like <laughs> hey like you know this is i don't want to say therapeutic in a way because it's like therapeutic is not the right word but it just helps him like move on overcome to a certain degree uh so that i, th- I thought that was like I like literally perked up a little bit when I saw that. I was just like, "Huh, that was." Uh, I didn't expect that to pop up on the screen. <laughs> when you chose to like make Kenny do it, was your intention another thing rather than like consoling? Because I found like sometimes you'll choose an option, and it's not necessarily what you wanted to to like do. Like I had one yeah. situation where it was like, um, r- r- like I can't. Remember, it was later on in the episode when you're kind of given the option to have uh, Clementine go with the doctor. And in my head, my thought process at the time, not to jump too far, was like, uh, you know what? We've been together. I don't, there's a bunch of creeps and weirdos in this world. I don't want her to be taken by anyone else. So I said like the no option and, uh, Lee got super aggressive and angry. He's like, you're not taking her. We've been through so much. Well, I'm like, that's not what I meant, but okay. Yeah, that's, that's, we'll, we'll chill out. Did you, did you find that your decision was, um, to, to like, can you do it exactly what you wanted? I mean, like, it it wasn't executed in a way, like, uh, different from what I expected. It was just more of that kind of notice of, like, how like how Kenny is, uh, assumingly felt. Uh, he, he more or less just did it, and then they just kind of moved on. The cruel part, if you decided to shoot him, is that you have the option of how to do it, too. And so I, like, stomped the kid's face in, and, like, it was, again, not a... Was not a fun thing, because you, you step on him, and, like his eyeball like kind of comes in and you have to look at this kid who like half of his face is impaled as you put him in the grave with um the dog that you just unburied it's just like a not good feeling entirely like nope nope 
don't want this. Yeah, and even to like bury the kid, it was like it took. You're slowly putting the dirt over him, like stuff. And the mechanics are kind of slow in general. One of the things that I genuinely don't like about the the what, the Telltale games in general, it's slow movement, and you seem like you're stuck in molasses. And this is one of those things where it's not even stuck in molasses that you have to keep clicking and aiming at the right spot to move the shovel over. Definitely trying to like nail it to us that this is an uncomfortable, annoying moment, and they're trying to emphasize it. Yeah, I felt like tonally there was like maybe there was more of those moments in this episode and this episode was actually written by Gary Whitta. So maybe that's the reason why there's like a tonal difference. But like you called out Mo having that like burial scene one be from like a really cool, like low angle where it's, it, I think I, I remembered it was from like a low angle from like where the dirt was and then to have it be like very slow and methodical was definitely like a choice that I appreciated. And and that was the least common option to kill to have Lee kill him because I chose that and for me my stats said you and twenty five percent of players chose to kill the boy in the attic. Yeah, and again I I don't know if it's like platform dependent, but um, on mine it says did you kill the boy in the attic? And seventy three percent of players killed him oh, on so my platform. Is, wow. So yeah, switch players. We didn't. No one killed him. Apparently, everyone just let the yeah. kid live. Switch soft boys. That's what you got. I, yeah, I and, and I, I, like, I don't know if you know for certain. Like, can't you, you know for certain that you can leave the kid in there? Because when I tried to leave, Kenny said like, "I can't just leave this kid here." But then he was also just like, when you try and give Kenny the gun, he's like, "I don't know if I can do it." Like, you know. But so I don't, I don't really think you could leave the kid. Because I was gonna say that mm. like with the statistic, like. Uh, at first, I was like, "Oh, maybe like you can leave," because I'm sure that like a lot of people would just be like, "Okay, this this walker literally can't even walk." Like, you know, the the this kid is like uh, as close to as a dead zombie while still being a lot like you know like a, like a like a dead zombie uh, than being alive in the sense where like it's not it's harmless. You know what I mean? It's like it's borderline harmless, especially if you're just gonna keep them locked up in the attic. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that, you know, we always look at a walkthrough. So we play it and then we also like, I also look at a walkthrough and I put together the notes and it looks like there's like a very specific order of things you have to do to let that happen. And it's actually Krista who comes up and does it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it says like, if you want to leave the boy, look at the hatch in the floor through which you came and then select yes to answer Kenny's question. Lee will exit the attic and then Krista will go there. You'll hear a shot and Krista will give the boy's body to the main character. Huh. So it sounds like it's difficult to do, hmm. but possible. I, so, I, I, but hey, I, if you're listening to this and you're like, you can't do it, make sure to respond to us on Twitter and let us know. I, I, I think I remember, I actually think I remember that and I did say no for some reason. Um, huh, that's weird. Maybe that's just like me me, uh, me goofing on that one. But uh, that's that's good to know that that option is there. Like, I feel like that's like maybe on Switch that was kind of like the the primary choice that people did was have Krista take care of it. Or maybe the three choices and like, you know, a very small percentage like didn't deal with it because it, it doesn't seem like it's something that's very easy to do and on the surface. So um, from there you discover, um, I think the thing that becomes the, um, the catalyst for what happens in the rest of the episode. And that is when you go out back and find, is that when you find the boat, Oh, no, I'm sorry. What happens next is you um, go to town to find a boat. 
So Kenny is always like, we need to find a boat. We need to find a boat. So you go into town, go to the marina, try to find a boat. And that's when you quickly discover that one, there are no boats here. And two, the mystery around the city starts to unravel with a pile of zombies just in front of the marina. Yeah, and it's like a fortified, like, fortress, it almost seems, that, like, you can't, like, get into. So you can tell there's, like, some kind of settlement or people have to be here because who would, like, set this barrier up um, to make people not want to enter in? It has to be people who are alive. Uh, we meet a, a young woman named Molly who uh, explains basically about the boats, like how it was, like, all the boats were taken right when the... the uh, and, you know, the uh, apocalypse happened and, like, I mean, I think any, like, most people could could have expected as such. Um, and uh, then they, you know, brings up Crawford, which is a uh, community, you know, a an outpost of sorts uh, where there are very strict rules, uh, where no elderly, no children, no, uh, any, no anyone, not, not, like, no one with any, like, pre-existing health conditions uh were allowed to live there because they found it to be a waste of resources which is savage savage i would not be able to be in crawford <laughs> <laughs> you you understand where they come from it's like a, a utilitarian culture yeah. where like if you do not serve a purpose you do not belong in this community but like you said it sucks it super sucks yep and yeah. they and we kind of see that we get a direct example of that uh later on in the in the episode as well uh and that's when stuff goes bad you get another panic event where the the bells in town start ringing and the zombies start coming and you are very quickly stuck in an alley trying to escape kenny escapes clementine escapes molly escapes but you are not as that lucky yes uh we end up in the uh sewers uh, where we're trying to find a way out, where we uh, deal with uh, like a, sim- a relatively simple uh, puzzle, and then we end up uh, finding Chuck, who we were separated from in the beginning of the episode, and he's just disemboweled, and just <laughs> just wrecked that man. What a like nice person, and he just had the worst end abruptly. He helped people. <laughs> he was calm. He was like, and they just in and out, in and out of our lives, real quick. Yeah. He let people take his home and he was just like, no, I'll help you out. Yeah. 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 Like the first time I played through Walking Dead, like Chuck was the first character I ran into that I just genuinely liked across the board. Like, you know, like I feel like I had like gripes with certain character, like every character until I hit uh, outside of Lee and Clementine until I hit Chuck. And I was like, oh, Chuck is so cool. Like, you know, he's very he's direct, but he's like giving great advice like you know he's a very smart person a lot of wisdom and then he just and and then he just gets separated in the beginning and then you know he uh unfortunately like um uh kills himself uh to make sure that he doesn't turn into a walker uh uh, in the sewers and it's just like man like i i i get i get why that you know i feel like that Maybe, maybe, maybe Telltale or the writers knew that like Chuck was one of those kind of like gleaming senses of hope in in the game, so they wanted to take that away from you again, like very quickly after receiving him, uh, to just realize to just be like, nope, nope, you don't you don't get to be 
you don't get that sense of hope. <laughs> so um, it's you know it's 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 very sad, uh, and I was sad to see uh, see him go. You get out of the sewer through a door, so basically like. You're, you see a ladder and you're like, oh, I'm going to go for this ladder because you have Molly's like hookshot tool. As you're trying to jump up to the ladder, uh, you kick a sign and behind the sign, there's this passageway that leads you to a bomb shelter where you're very quickly, when you open the door outside of the bomb shelter, you are confronted by not one man with a gun, but one man with a gun, Vernon, and his entire group that just think you're immediately from Crawford and are threatening to kill you. In yeah. classic Walking Night style, you're being threatened to be killed at least three times an episode. Yeah, because like they immediately assess you as a threat. Like before anything, they're like the only re- reason you're here is you have to be bad, which kind of like threw me off guard. I'm like, why do they think I'm bad? And the whole way I approached this one, because it's part of our like next decision, was I kept it like I offered kindness and rationale, like rationality, and they reciprocated. They're very kind and accepting of me because I was very honest and kind as well. So I was glad because. You, once you meet a new person in this post-apocalyptic world, it can go two ways. They could be needing help and would love to be, you join them, or you're going to be used as their help. Um, and that's maybe the uh, the bad boys in that bear, like bunker place that we're probably going to meet soon. Uh, I did the same, Mo, but I came at it from a different way. I was like, this man has a gun in my face, so I don't think threatening him is the, the thing to do here. So <laughs> I took the same path where I was like, I'm going to talk calmly i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna tell the truth and if i die well at least i didn't i didn't get murdered or at least i i tried my best not to get murdered mm-hmm. yeah i did the same thing um and uh yeah we basically find out that these these uh this group of people are cancer survivors uh who got out of crawford before like they were going to uh basically kill and get rid of all of the sick and elderly and children and all that stuff um and they've been kind of camping out here uh like at this bunker uh ever since and uh and then um you basically talk to them about your group and how uh you have someone that's you know you talk about Omid how Omid's injured um at the house and Vernon uh offers to come to the house to um to take care of Omid, check up on him and uh, potentially uh, get out on this boat with y'all if you find one yeah and and what happens next is you end up going back to the house Kenny's drunk, Vernon's like let me see what I can do with Omid and like you alluded to Cam like people want to get a boat and get away Clementine just finds a boat in the backyard in the shed so she's playing around in the shed you hear her in the shed, you open the shed door, and there is a perfectly intact boat that your team can take. Can only fit five people, but at least you can get five survivors out onto the onto the water. Yeah. And that the, the five survivors thing is because of Kenny, I think. He he kind of comes to you secretly afterwards and goes, Hey, it's I think he says it's like a thirty foot boat and like to the best of his knowledge, only five people can be on there. I accepted that as like, okay, that might be a ballpark, but like I'm sure six is not going to sink the bow. I'm in my head. I'm kind of doing these calculations and that's when like the other, I think it's, it's what's the other lady's name that comes in the doctors. I think Bree. Bree. another person comes into the mix and I'm like, Oh my goodness. So we're going to have to go get resources probably in go into the Crawford area. 
in my head, I'm not going to lie. I was crossing my fingers. I'm like, okay, we have like seven or eight of us. Oh, no. I need six I hope to something all to die. I need something yeah, all need, to die. If, some, if someone trips, I'm just going to be like, oh, nothing to see here. We just got to keep moving. I, think, cause I don't, don't want to be putting nine people in this five-person That's boat. That's ruthless. But like seven is better. Yeah, we're in, we're, we're in the zombie apocalypse. We're going to... I don't even know what, what we're gonna go, what we're gonna use the boat for. I'm just like, let's just get on this boat. <laughs> so Jeez. I had this thought in the episode, and it's mostly because I hate Ben, but like Ben is a coward, right? He is like a classic coward in fiction. But I thought to myself, like in a zombie apocalypse, I think that like I oh, is a coward, I oh, is a terrible person, but I can't tell you with certainty that I wouldn't be the Ben. Like, part of me feels like I would be the coward in a situation. I'm a little ashamed to admit that, but, like, you can't say with certainty that you wouldn't do some of the things that that man does. Yeah, I I lost my, like, tolerance for, like, Ben's mistakes to endanger everyone uh, in the beginning of this level when I think he's with Clementine by himself surrounded and you yes. yell at him, hey, make sure she's okay, and, yeah, he, just and he just runs, runs away. away. I'm like... I give you like three chances and I give you benefit of the doubt. You're just some dumb kid. But now, yeah, you're still a dumb kid. But now I'm not going to waste like emotional resources to like take care of you when I can take care of someone else who's going to also help us to survive. Yeah. And like, I don't remember. I think they said like Ben's like maybe 17 uh, years old or something like that. But like, I don't care that you're not 18. That's a little girl. You protect that little girl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, because I. Because I feel like in, in this same sense, like, I'm a very pacifist person. Like, you know, I, I've never gotten in a real, like, fight my entire life. Like, you know, despite getting close. But, like, you know, uh, I I just, like, am very, like, anti-violence across the board. I just, so, so I, I feel like to a certain degree I would be like Ben. But, like, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I, I just don't, there's a difference between, like, just him the like the cowardiceness but then also just like what he actually provides to the group if that makes sense um he's endangering people so for me it's like it's he's he's not even if he was providing he's still endangering people like you have to make better decisions either follow every instruction that you're given or now like we've lost several people because of you like rough yeah like there like there's a point where social structure yeah, like there's a point where like spoilers, you go to Crawford to get some uh, some specific items, and uh, I had you know they make you choose whether or not uh, Clementine can come with you, and you know I think originally, excuse me, I was okay with Clementine coming, and I kind of forgot about like what happens next after like after this point, uh, so but I'm I kinda, again I'm kind of being more like stern like the opposite of the major choices that I made in the first uh, like my first two times playing and uh so i told her no you have to stay but i was just like if, if she wasn't a kid like i would have been or like if the, crawford didn't have that rule per se i've just been like i would rather have had ben stay and take care of omid <laughs> and take clementine with me because clementine's way more useful than ben like let me tell you yeah this eight-year-old yeah. girl is more useful than the 17 year old guy like yeah because even earlier uh, with me i didn't bring her the first time like i went with ben and she ends up saving your life because Molly's about to like bash your your face in, and she's like, "Please yeah. don't!" And like her sweet voice stops Molly, I think, in her tr- in her tracks. So, and when the next option came into whether or not to bring her to Crawford, I went, "Okay, she's a help, very helpful. She can get into small places because we've gotten to all those nooks and crannies with her in the previous levels, and she's a good shot." 
So um, we're, I think we're going to be bringing uh, Clementine along. And part of me also is trying to play the system. I'm like, she seems like a very solid character. I know they're like, they got rid of Chuck and ripped our hearts out, but can they also get rid of Clementine? You know what? I'll, I'll challenge them on that. I'll let them play their cards and see. But until then, I'm bringing her along to everything. I wasn't thinking in the binary like that. I was just like, you are a child. This is dangerous. This place like does not like children. So that's why I said, I'm going to leave Clementine at the house because she can watch Omid. I don't care, Ben, you come with me and just don't get killed. Like that was my perspective on it. Yeah. And I, you know, because again, like just spoilers later, we find out that Crawford has basically fallen and we did not know that going into it. So that's why I was just like, oh, I'm going to leave Clementine at home. Because she's a child, and I don't want her to potentially get caught and killed, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, well, well, God. But before we got all the way there, and we're just kind of double tracking. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, no. So that's basically what we do, right? We uh, we end up going to Crawford, and uh, we're looking for a battery, fuel, and uh, medical supplies to help with Omid because he has because uh, uh, Vernon, the doctor, says that he has an infection. That will only get worse if it's not treated with antibiotics. It's a stereotypical, like, this is the the big mission in the episode where you have to collect a bunch of items or, or switch off different things in a certain sequence, like when we started the train in the previous level. So this one I found was a lot of walking around to, like, collect things, collect items. You get the, the tape to read a little further into, like, the history of, the, of like, the, the different characters, especially Molly. Um... How did you guys feel about Molly, I guess, at this point? Like, this new character who seems very, like, like the very good resource for the group. Like, very nimble, can jut, like, climb buildings, has a weapon, and can use it. Um, what was your guys' take on this character? I like Molly. Um, the thing I didn't do that I wish I would have is I wish I would have... Because you, you could start to understand, like, why did she beat this doctor up who's now a zombie, like, to a bloody pulp? Oh, it's because she has a past history with this doctor. I didn't get to a point where I confronted her about the fact that she was from Crawford, but some of the stuff that came up, like, you knew that she had history with this town. I didn't confront her about it, though. I don't know. Did you guys confront her about her past with Crawford? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did. I was just like, but... You know, and she she does make a good point. She's like, I technically didn't lie to you about anything. I just, you know, I just did. I just like basically omitted information to you. Like it was like <laughs> I, I told you about Crawford, but I didn't need to tell you about me. Like, and I'm just like, that's actually really fair. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't. She, I don't think she did anything wrong. Like, you know, because you basically watch this tape and you find out that she's basically been sleeping with the doctor, which is like this doctor, which is the uh, zombie that she like beats issues out of um in, uh, outside the auto shop and she uh because her sister is like terminally ill or something like that she has some sort of ongoing illness and she needs like the proper medication to uh to keep her alive basically and yeah, she um, has diabetes i think and like they she wanted to always get her medicine so that way she doesn't show symptoms in Crawford because if she did then and they found out she was diabetic that assumption would be she'd be oh, getting rid of I, I must so have like, forgot about the diabetes thing but uh, yeah, yeah exactly which for for them that breaks the rules that type of thing um, and but then you know he says that like he can't give her information or, like, or the the resources anymore because the like head people uh, are being a lot more um 
aware of the inventory for for the medication and things like that and um it's one of those things where i'm just like you know like despite outside of the like you know just getting medical supplies for sex and things or vice versa sex for medical supplies like i mean like the doctor like did as much that he could you know what i'm you know what i mean like when the deal was done like you know they they basically from what it seems like they do it once and then he get he gives her like enough to last for a certain amount of time and it was like an equal trade it was an equal trade that they agreed upon and like he was just like yo i can't do this anymore because if not i'm gonna die you're also gonna get in trouble so what like tricky to be equal though because like at the same time like she has no choice if she's trying to save her 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 uh, sister, and then that's the only source of medicine. It's like for her, it's like I have to go through this, and this guy's probably enjoying it too. He's like, oh, look at this power position. I can. He could just easily maybe just give her a little bit. Of oh yeah, no, for, so for sure. Like for sure, in that sense, uh, I I agree. Uh, but I mean, I'm just saying that like in the gen- general the yeah. generalization of their deal, it's just like. I like you know he he like he would have done more like even if he wanted to like just give her medicine like you know knowing the situation like he still wouldn't even be able to do that you know what I mean like even if the even if like this deal wasn't like an actual thing she's like yo I can't do this anymore there's no like you know they're they're cracking down on on the inventory that type of thing I'm glad you guys brought that up because I, so there's like three camcorder tapes that you find throughout and that's what gives you information that allows you to access the cabinet to get medicine. Yeah. But the third tape is optional and that's the one that goes into stuff with Molly. And I won't lie to you guys, like I did not watch the third tape. Oh, really? So if you don't watch the third tape, you don't get this Molly information. But having played the game before, I remembered it. Um, but I'm glad that you guys went through that because that is not something that every player will see. And that's why I, you get, for me, I got the option, like, do you confront her about it kind of thing? Like, do you do confront her about her history and stuff? And that's when she kind of gave the a very pretty reasonable, like, response. Like, I, I was from there. This is the situation. Her story checked out. My, maybe this is too predictive and getting ahead of myself. But I had a moment where I was very suspicious of Molly, and it was when she kept the battery, the car battery, and then yeah. she, so she, as you're kind of like collecting all your things and finishing up this like level, she's like, "Oh, I'll hold on to this. That way, you guys don't leave without me." In my head, that sounded reasonable, but also in my head, it's like, is she about to go like swap that battery for like a dead one? And that's my prediction. Maybe I'm being too skeptic, um, but if she did that. It makes sense because later on, when you're like, "Okay, we're gonna head out on the boat," she's like, "No, I'm good. I'll leave." So it's almost as if she has information about that boat or whatever the situation may be. I mean, or you could be like me and shoot Molly. Oh, <laughs> how did so, that happen? Do you guys both have Clem- you guys both have Clementine, right? No. No. Okay, so. If you have Clementine, Clementine saves Molly. Like, there's a situation where there's a bunch of zombies. Molly gets caught. Yeah, and She's killing zombies, killing zombies, whatever. Clementine pulls Molly out of the group. But if you're like Cam and I and you don't have Clementine, you end up having to shoot the zombies around Molly. And if you shoot incorrectly or and you shoot Molly or you take too long to shoot the zombies, she will, in my case, like, I shot her in the shoulder and she ran away. And that was all that I saw of her in that episode. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 sa- I saved her. So, And did she just follow you to the end of the episode? 
Yeah. Okay. So I've lost Molly. So not good for me. Um, so essentially you, everyone gets all the things they need. Um, but zombies are everywhere. You need to escape. And that's when Bree, uh, there's a confrontation before things really get bad. And it's really, it's related to Ben and what Ben did in the last episode. Um, it's teased earlier, but Ben cannot get over the fact that he feels like he killed um, Katja and Duck. Yeah, and especially because there was in this situation where you were in the school collecting all those supplies, you end up using a hammer to block a doorway so zombies can't come in. And the, one of the reasons why the zombies start to swarm and attack is because Ben went out to go look for something to like help, and he takes that hammer. He's like, "Look what I found!" And Lee in my story is like, "Wait, oh, where I did you find that?" Idiot. Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Where did you find that?" He's like, "Oh, it was right over there." And it's like, "Oh my god, here we go." The guy already like mentally said, "If he trips, I'm leaving." Just did another like risk to the entire group again. Yes, maybe he would. He didn't know the whole spiel, but like. It kind of makes sense. If something's blocking a doorway, maybe in this post-apocalyptic world, the world, unless you're leaving, just leave it alone. So that starts that snowball of him confessing, this is all my fault. And then he literally tells Kenny, I'm the reason why Duck died. I, like, Kenny does not need to hear this right now. So Ken, Kenny starts losing his mind, starts attacking, and I got into the position where I was like, you know what, we just need to escape. All this noise, Kenny getting raged out, we have to run, run, run. Climb up the staircase to the final bell tower thing. And in my situation, uh, everyone's jumping out the window to like rappel down, I think, or go to the roof. And mm-hmm. you have a situation where Ben's last and you're like, come on, Ben, let's go. I don't know why my guy said that, but he gets caught up with the zombie and you have the choice. Do you let Ben die or do you, I guess, save him? What did mm-hmm. you do, Jacob? Hey, hey, guess what I did? You killed him? I let sure. Ben die. Goodbye, Ben. I was like, goodbye, Ben. Bye. I didn't feel bad about it at all. Not like maybe I'm a heartless bit. person. The big bad wolf came out in me for a second and I just said like, bye Ben, goodbye. And like, it's not a pleasant, like despite my feelings about Ben, like you drop him essentially down like five flights of stairs and he very audibly breaks both of his legs and uh. then gets attacked by zombies and it's disgusting. And I, I kind of even felt bad even though Ben, I, I really dislike. Yeah. yeah. When I was running up the staircase with all my group i was doing that like audit in my head how many do i have okay one two three four and then i saw ben in the group i'm like okay something <laughs> happens we can keep them i think i think we have a small enough group to fit on the boat so it's not that big of a deal but then once that opportunity presents himself i'm like okay we're running low on people now he's maybe gonna ruin this potential opportunity for us to survive and i let him fall to his death as well with the zombie yeah, I dropped. Uh, yeah, like like in previous games, I save him because like I just would not be able to do that to a human being, uh, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of their usefulness to the group and all that stuff. But uh, this time, I dropped his ass. I was like, "Peace, bye, Ben." Uh, I don't know how y'all felt, but despite the shooting controls in this game not being great, I really appreciated the design on like this whole sequence where you're backing up with a shotgun up the stairs. Yeah. You have to like take your leg out of the stairs when you get stuck. And the, w- there's like a few images that get stuck in my mind about The Walking Dead season one. And one of them is that view of Ben as you're holding him over the stairs and he's dangling and just it look it looks amazing. And that is like one of the three or four images in my mind that I remember from The Walking Dead. 
Yeah, I find the Telltale's like games in general. Me, that what drives me nuts. Like I mentioned earlier, was the slow mechanical movement and the walking places just to click something that's really not useful for the story. Just like doing something for no reason. But like in the Batman Telltale game we played for the podcast, when we there we had that planning section with the cameras and the videos and the attacking. Anytime they added a movement mechanic that was more complex than just moving and clicking, like this one. I enjoy because it's always like, whole. Oh, it's just a new perspective, a new way to fight, whatever it is. And that keeps me engaged. I love these little moments. If you are enjoying this discussion, Mo, that's a great point. Uh, we have played Batman, the Telltale series, and The Wolf Among Us Season 1. So whatever you're listening to this on, scroll to the bottom of our feed and both of those shows are there. So if you enjoy this, you'll also enjoy that. Yeah, those ones will be really good to like play along to. So if you play an episode and then listen to the one episode, we've split them up like that. So it'll be really helpful, just like this uh, series. Uh, there's two more things that kind of happen uh, at the end of this episode. Um, and the first is a confrontation that I, I, one of you alluded to earlier in this episode. And it's about Vernon. Uh, it's about Lee and the fate of Clementine. And so uh, Vernon at one point confronts you and says like, hey, you have a kid like... Clementine's not your kid. I think I should take Clementine. And I don't know how y'all felt, but I got really angry. Like, I think Mo, you said, like, you said the walk away Vernon, which you thought was just going to be like a, hey, just go away. No, I knew that Clem- that he was going to get angry. And that's the way I wanted it. I mm, wanted to say, like, you don't know what's right for this kid. Uh, this is not my daughter, but like, I am solely responsible for this child. You need to leave right now. I have no idea who you are. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I- 100 percent yeah i i so i had a similar sentiment but i wasn't i didn't want him to get i thought he, it literally said like walk away from vernon so like to say no i'm not doing that but my whole head was like i am not giving this child up to weirdos that we don't know yet like he was very nice he was very rational very pleasant along the ways but it was like we'll take her away and take care of her i'm like first of all clementine might not want that so now she's like why are you getting rid of me you're the only person that stuck around me that was swirling in my head but two it was like i can't risk giving her up to some randoms when like she's for sure going to be like saved with our group because we know our group we know their flaws we know their strengths and weaknesses this person just came into our lives and he could be just collecting children to like remember the the meat farm or the the meat locker in the previous episodes well that happened so in my head i'm like anything's possible to protect who's around you and make sure everyone stays together that was my thought process walk away but i guess it was walk like back off vernon is what he really said (laughs) yeah and the the final thing is like I think one of the most surprising things that happens in the entire season. 100. And Mo, you're shaking your head. Why don't you run it through? Because it was your first time playing through it. Well, so the the thing that sticks into me is vividly is your you get bit. Lee, the main character, um, gets bit in his arm, and as soon as that happens to me, I'm like, oh no, is this the end of the story? Like, what's what's going on? And you get the quick time event that comes up saying, hey, do you show the bite? Or do you not show the bite? What did you guys do? Dum dum dum. So I just want to say, like the first time I played this, and I like I have a direct like comparison of a reaction to <laughs> to how I reacted when Lee got bit. It was like in Toy Story, the first one, where um, where Woody lights the match, and then the car drives by, and it. It, it like extinguishes the flame and he's like no 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 like that was literally <laughs> me when it happened I was like no 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 i was literally just devastated like no way and oh my gosh i just it was just 
so unexpected. It, it was just like, I don't know, because it gave you, it gives you the sense of like peace and tranquility at the end of the episode, which is like the first time we got that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the first time where it really feels like that things are looking up, if that makes sense. And then it just destroys you in a, in in literally a second. In literally mm-hmm. a second. So it was devastating. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this time around, I concealed the bite. Ooh. Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, this whole thing comes about because you lose Clementine. You see her hat. And like you said, Cam, it is such like a, a nothing moment. And I... I remember back in the Walking Dead series, like whenever a companion of yours got bit, I seem to feel or at least remember that a lot of the time it's those exact moments. It's those moments where there's there's calm, it's tranquil, you think that nothing's going to happen, and then boom, uh, spoilers for the Walking Dead TV show, Herschel's leg gets bit, for example, and then you got to chop off his leg. Um yeah. Or, or it like, is, or, it is a rough. Or like when Dale is just like in the field, and then a random zombie just you know in season two, like, oh, I I was so sad about that death in the show. Uh, spoilers, but man, yeah, I totally get it. It's very similar. So you decided to conceal your bite this time around. Yeah. Um, I for some reason I don't know if it was the conversation with with Vernon about Clementine before that, but I I showed the group. I was like, guys. This is this is me. Like I'm a, I'm a Zambi now. Sorry. Yeah, I want to stay consistent. I was I mean, I've this whole playthrough. I've tried to be like a very honest, true, like rationally, like not to get too swung on either side kind of thing. So when that option came out, I'm like, I've been wanting to know about people's bites. We've treated everything reasonably. If this is these are the cards that we've been dealt, at least let me tell the crew, and then whatever they decide, I think. That's the way life is right now. Like if there's some way to save my myself, but eventually. If I do turn, I'm a pretty big, dominant-looking figure compared to the rest of the crew. It's going to be... Kenny's going to have to try to take me down, or if there's guns, maybe they have to kill me before I actually turn. Because it's uh, Regardless, everyone needs to know, and we can make a decision from there if anything starts getting crazy. And I what's interesting is, is based on what you do, whether you show it or you conceal it, um, usually at the, the end of the Walking Dead episodes, there is a screen that shows you the five major decisions and how you fare against uh, the, the player base. But in this case, you actually got two screens, one to show the five choices and then a second screen to show who's going to go with you to find Clementine in the final episode. So I need to ask y'all, who's your group as uh, Lee is about to approach the man in the walkie-talkie who says some terrible things about Clementine. Not some terrible things, but like, he's very creepy about like, I know where Clementine is. I've been watching you. Like, watch what you're going to say to me because your next words um, are going to be, choose your next words very carefully are, are basically the last line here. Mm-hmm. So who, who's in your group? I'll go first. Um, yeah. So I, first of all, I, my thing I told him was like, is she okay, essentially? Because that was the, the biggest worry. I have a pretty big squad. I, mine says 13%. Um, of the people have this option and it's Omid, it's me, Lee, it's Kenny and, uh, Carla. Is that Krista. Krista? Krista. Krista. Yeah. So four of us. I have the same group as you. Cool. Yeah. That's the exact same thing. I think we're all on the same. Cause I, I'm pretty sure like at this point in the game, if correct me if I'm wrong, like it's like all of those people and then potentially Ben, like Ben is also like an option, but I'm pretty sure at this point in the game, like 
you can have either those what four uh with kenny yeah. lee krista and almeed or there's um oh, oh wow yeah, so there's seven permutations of different choices, but like you said, Cam, there's only five characters that you can choose from. So it's yeah. basically like, hey, is Lee gonna go by himself? Is Lee gonna go just with Kenny? Is Lee gonna go with um, Krista Anomede and Kenny? Is Ben part of the equation? So it's like seven permutations of the same five characters. Exactly like you said, though. There's only five characters that will go with you. There's an yeah. option to be just Lee by himself or Lee and Kenny. I, I would like to be just the Lee and Kenny, like, d- d- uh, combative duo. Cause, but at the same time, that's gnarly. Could you imagine having just no, you I, by I yourself? Couldn't. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess I get it. Like, Lee just said he got bit. So he's just going to be like, I might as well go at this alone because I'm going to die anyway. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why. Is that only 4% mm. of players that decided to to pick just him? Mine's just six, uh, so something similar. Yeah, 6% of players. It seems like the most common is either um, having the entire group, which includes Ben, um, followed by um, the group without Kenny, followed by the group without Ben. Yeah. So 16% for the whole group, 14% no Kenny, 13% no Ben. Gotcha. And that's that's how the episode closes with Lee looking at the walkie-talkie, having someone speak to him, and then seeing what's going to happen next. Um, Mo, you are our first-time player. Uh, I want to go to uh, the thing that we've been doing in the last couple episodes, which is asking you where you think this is going to go. Because Cam and I know... But you don't know what's going to happen next. What do you think is going to happen next? Okay. I have... Uh, maybe this... Hopefully this doesn't get too weird, but it, th- th- this episode has Did been you weird. write fan fiction? You wrote fan fiction, didn't no, you? No. didn't do anything. <laughs> this is me just... I'm, I'm shooting... I, I even saw that I was going to have a prediction corner opportunity. So, like, before we started recording, I, was, I wanted to stay blank and fresh, so I didn't look anything up. Here's my prediction. One, I feel like uh, Molly, uh, in my playthrough, I think she's alive because... Uh, uh, what's her name? I brought Clementine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so you feel think like Molly's alive? I think Molly's yeah, oh, alive. Yeah. Well, I think we should clarify that. Like, um, for for me, you know, Molly. So I kind of I looked it up. I did the research. So like, unless you kill kill Molly on accident, uh, no matter what happens, uh, she returns to the house, and then she basically just says like. She kind of like reads the room and realizes that like she shouldn't really be a part of this group. Um, and she dips out on her own. So yeah. like, so that, yeah. So, um, just so, kind of put that into perspective. Yeah. I think that's what happened in mine. Like she's like dips out. I'm not going to be part of this. You guys will be good. And that what, that's what kind of like, like my interest thinking. She's probably helping the, the, what's it called? What's the group called? The city? Carl Crawford? Crawford. Crawford. Yeah. She's helping the Crawford crew in some way, or she's been in communication with them almost like as like a remote spy. Um, the other thing I'm predicting is this is off the, the so you know how they're like, there's no like kids allowed. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So here's my stretch with that. So I'm like, how are they going to like grow a community? So this, they're definitely like playing with eugenics or some kind of like creating their own future community. So only like maybe the healthiest. <laughs> Your galaxy male, brain this big time right now. Yeah. Male or female, <laughs> like the, the highest valued male or female in that. Cause like that's, they're operating based off of just like binaries. You're like, we're, we're either you can, you're helpful or you're not. So if you're the most helpful and we need to reproduce, let's make the most helpful people reproduce kind of thing. Some kind of weird, like 
thing in there. So if you see a child that's not from the group, it's like, oh, maybe they're bringing an infection or whatever it might be. So that's where I think that's as crazy it's going to get. Besides that, I just picture like some kind of sheriff, like wheeling and dealing leader who's kind of anything he says goes and maybe he's worshipped in some way. I'm trying to get as crazy as possible because hopefully it's not worse or less crazy than that. Okay, so you think that they're going to face Crawford, we're going to see the leader of Crawford, and that we're going to find out more about like the eugenics kind of society that they've built. Yes, exactly. I think it's going to be very like, driven based off of what he believes is the best way to grow a new 2050 community in his post-apocalyptic world. And everyone's just about it because they've survived this long. Okay. Well, we're going to find out if Mo is right or wrong in the oh, final man. episode of season one of Telltale's The Walking Dead. We've got one left. Uh, uh, tons of stuff that's still to come. Uh, but before we close, I wanted to say, Cam, thank you so much for coming back for the fourth time. We really appreciate having you on the podcast, providing your insights. Uh, and I think you're going to enjoy telling Mo whether he was right or wrong in the final episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I'm sorry. It's rude. It's rude to laugh, but like, like, let's just say, like, without, without, without going spoilers, like, Crawford is irrelevant moving forward. Just don't even. <laughs> there's nothing to do. With Crawford. Oh man, Crawford was just for that episode. I just, I just couldn't like. I was like, I gotta let him down gently. I just gotta let you down. Oh, just like, okay. Kind of like I thought. I thought this was the pivoting moment where like the no, episode, there's only like, one Walking episode Dead left. Two is all Crawford. <laughs> no, it's, there's only one episode left. It's a, Oh it's, man! It's, it's all it's all about rescuing Clementine. It's all about rescuing Clementine. Sounds good. I'm excited so, now. But, I don't want to rescue Clementine. Like I don't want to deal with these bad people. But it's great. It's great. And uh, you know, just emotionally prepare yourself. That's all I'm going to say on that one. <laughs> okay, that's good. Sounds well, now good. that now that you've burst most bubble, why don't you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, you can follow uh, me on Twitter. At uh, Cam Final Mix and uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Cam Final Mix. Uh, you can follow Dual Shockers at dualshockers.com and at Dual Shockers on Twitter. Um, and again, I'm going to be uh, for the next few months a permanent guest host on IGN Unlocked. Uh, I think episodes drop every Wednesday normally at the, uh, at the latest. Um, sometimes they come out like normally I think like the audio comes out on Tuesday and then like the video, like YouTube version comes out on Wednesday, but um, at the very least, Wednesday, you know, it should be uh, everywhere, no matter how you want to consume it, whether it be video or audio. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, like super exciting uh, opportunity for me, and I'm very uh, thankful to Ryan McCaffrey for uh, giving me give, giving me it. So, the first episode is out now. And the second episode drops on the same day that this drops. So if you have not listened to IGN Unlocked, you will find Cam on that show. You will enjoy that show. So please give that show, The Wool Shockers, and Cam on Twitch your follows and your loves. Thank you so much for coming back. Absolutely. Can't Thank wait to talk you. about the final episode. You mean about how Crawford is going to uh, eugenics, eugenics plots <laughs> to take over? How they're uh, how they're most angry over here. <laughs> is how it just uh, like we're gonna walk? I'm not gonna save it. I'm gonna save it.
how there's all right you can find all things left behind game club at leftbehindgame.club on twitter at left behind club and on instagram at left behind game club uh you can find the link to our discord at leftbehindgame.club slash discord come on in talk about video games about television about whatever you want and we play among us sometimes so if you like that game come and find us again leftbehindgame.club slash discord mo if folks want to find you on the internet where can they do so uh, you can finally in that discord server i actually jumped in a couple of those among us games they're super fun we do them every weekend just a few people um and you can find me at emmertati.com um i also streaming on twitch uh, take a look on the discord server for updates on that jacob where can the fine folks find you you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. Uh, Twitter is the thing that I do most of, uh, but there's also YouTube, TikTok, etc. I host another podcast. It's called Cutscenes. It is a video game movie podcast. Uh, season two launches tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the first day that it's released, uh, we are doing 10 episodes in our second season. We're talking about The Witcher. We're talking about uh, movies like Pixels. Uh, we're talking about the Resident Evil Apocalypse movie. Uh, most of them are bad, but the podcast, I hope, is something you'll enjoy. You can find that at cutscenes.ca. Uh, Mo, what do we say to the folks that listen to the show at the end of every episode? Shout out to Michael Ruffalo, and that, my friends, is one less episode left behind. 